Well, as we look at this series here, I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about the vision that we will be a vibrant community of people who connects, grows, and who are empowered to follow Jesus. Coming Key Christian Church will be a vibrant community where people connect, say connect, grow, say grow, and are empowered, say empowered, to follow Jesus. So as we look at this, this really is the uh, great model of discipleship, a great model of how Jesus lived his life. Because when we do these things, when we connect with God and others, when we grow in our faith, grow in knowledge, and when we are empowered, we are uh, following this model of discipleship that we see in Scripture. So it's an exciting time to be here as we look ahead to the future and, and, and as we look ahead to what the Lord has in store for Kaimiki Christian Church, it's, it's so exciting to be a part of. And in fact, um, uh, if you did not see this or pick one up on the way in, it's okay. You can pick one up on the way out, just on the lanai to the right, your left that way. Um, there's two tables with these booklets on it. But this booklet is uh, Our Story and Vision. And it was originally created by Pastor Ron, uh, entitled His Vision, Our Venture. And we have just have updated this. And the beauty about this, whether you're newer here, whether you've been here for many years, whatever the case may be, is that um, it tells the story of Kaimiki Christian Church ever since it started as a Sunday school back in 1909 all the way up into present day and to the future. But what I want to show you is in the back there, there's a, some pages there that says notes on it. And here's our goal and our hope through all of this. Our goal and our hope is that as you put the meat on the bone, so to speak, of the vision, as you start living this vision that we feel God has given us and blessed us with, that you would write those God moments, those God stories down, that you would let us know what God is doing in and through you or maybe in and through your friends or your neighbors or those you see. What is God doing? What, what are those God stories, those God moments? And write them down. Also, we want to hear about them. So, so if you write them down here, um, let us know. And you can go, go to the website, KaimikiChristian.org, and, and, and there's a little section there that says, tell us your story. Click on that, and then type in your story. We want to hear what God is doing in and through your lives. We want to hear what God is doing in and through the lives of your friends or the stories that you see. And we'd love for you to share those, even on social media, share those stories. And let's continue to tell the story of what God is doing now. Because God, the creator of the universe, is a living God. And he still moves and works in our lives today. And so this booklet you can get at the end, and uh, if you haven't got one, and it'll be in the lanai, and to my right, your left, and, and you could learn, you know, and, and uh, uh, see what's going on with the church and, and all that fun, fun stuff. But, but let's, let's talk first about connecting with God. We want to connect with God. And that might sound weird at first, to connect with God, because we have the creator of the universe who has no beginning, no end, who has always been. And we're talking about connecting with God. We read 
in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, that God created mankind in his image. And the image of God, he created them, male and female. Genesis 1, 28, God created humanity in his image. Now, prior to all of this, what's fascinating is that it says that God created the land animals according to their kinds. God created the uh, sea animals according to their kinds. God created the trees according to their kinds and so forth. But when it gets to humanity, men and women, it says, let us create humankind, men and women, in our image. The idea of image there is something that no other creation could claim. No other creation could boast about. The idea of image there is that there is some relational aspect. Just as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are in perfect unity, being in God's image has a component that we could relate with God and have a relationship with God. No other created thing could say that. But you and I, as being created in the image of God can say that. That's how valuable you are. That's how valuable we are. We are so unique and so special that he says we can have a relationship with him, that we could talk to God. We could pour our hearts out to God. God is relational, and he has created us to be in relationship with him and relationship with others. And it's not like God just says, yeah, I want a relationship with you. God tells us how we can be in a relationship with him. God shares with us through his word what we could do to be in relationship with God. Let me give you one example in James chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. James chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. See that invitation there? Look at it again, verse 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Keep that in mind. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? So in this passage, James says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And he gives some specifics on how we could come near to God. He says, purify our hearts. We could come to God Purify our hearts. We could come to God by humbling ourselves. We could come to God by not slandering one another. But all of this we know because of God's word. All of this we know is because God tells us in his word. The Bible is God's word. In, in fact, more technically, Jesus is God's word. Jesus is the word of God. Look at John 1, 1. In the beginning 
was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then, in John chapter 1, verse 14, we read this in John chapter 1, verse 14. And then the Word became flesh. So we have this Word who was in the beginning, has always been, and then verse 14, he became flesh. What we see is that Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is the spoken Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God who came flesh for you and for me. And this is important. When we refer to the Bible as the Word of God, when we refer to the Bible as the Word of God, we mean that the Bible, it's going to be on the screen here, there we go. When we refer to the Bible as the Word of God, we mean that the Bible is the revelation of God, the Father God, the Son, or the revelation of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That is, when we read the Bible, we're reading the words God has for us. So Jesus is the Word of God. But the Bible also is the Word of God because when we read the Bible, we are reading the very words that God wants us to know, the very words that God has for you and for me. And the beauty about the Bible is that it is living just like God is living, and God still speaks to us through the Bible. Here's what the authors said about, about God's Word. And, and you could just write these references down. Uh, Psalm 119 I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've stored up my word. I have stored up your word, God, in my heart that I might not sin against you. Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. Psalm 48. I delight to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. If you've been at church for any amount of time, you've probably heard the saying that we should read our Bibles. And we should read our Bibles. And in fact, there's been a number of different research firms and different universities who have researched the importance of reading the Bible. And they have actually done these academic studies where they've investigated, does reading the Bible even make a difference? Have you ever asked that question yourself? Does reading the Bible even make a difference? Well, these researchers from all different realms and parts of the world got together and they said, well, let's ask that question. Does reading the Bible actually make a difference in my life? And I want to show you a video, it's a short video of a study that was done of 40,000 people, and they're going to tell you the data that came from this study that's pretty powerful. So check out this video on how important it is to read the Bible. There was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000 uh, uh, general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80, and... They just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. It, they weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, when we're in the Scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday. That's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message. One time a week, 
had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'll, I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now, at three times a week, there was a blip on the map. Like, there was a heartbeat. Something happened, again, a heartbeat. Okay. But here was the profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. You would expect that it'd be one, two, th I mean, there'd be a gradual incline right. on the effect and impact that would have in your life, but it was literally one, two, three, four, something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow. Ang four times a week in the four Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in Scripture? If they're in the Scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, that's amazing right there. So that study was on 40,000 people uh, um, of all different ages. And 228% are more likely to share their faith. And in this study, uh, they said 407% of people in this study, uh, 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 you're 400% more likely to memorize scripture. 59% are less likely to view porn. 30% uh, is our feeling or loss of loneliness. And then also this, this, this study also came and discovered this as well, that feeling lonely drops 30%. Bitterness and relationship drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. And viewing pornography drops 59%. Now this is pretty massive staggering numbers like this is just research they ask 40,000 people hey engage in the bible four times a week read the bible four times a week and what has come from this this is the research that come from it but this isn't the only company that has done it in fact a number of years ago we did the reveal study and the reveal study shows something similar but they surveyed a whole different group of people here's what um we Found and they found in the reveal study, and I'll, I'll quote from Greg Hawkins: "Church activities do not predict or drive long-term spiritual growth. More precisely, increasing church attendance and participation in organized ministry activities do not predict or drive spiritual growth for people who are in the more advanced stages of spiritual development." Church activities have the greatest influence in the early stages of spiritual growth. And here's the key. But things like personal, spiritual practices, including prayer and Bible reading, have far more influence later in the spiritual journey. In other words, it is the responsibility of every single person in here, if we want to grow in the Lord, to be in God's Word. Have you ever wondered about why we feel spiritually stagnant or why we feel like when life hits, we just crumble? Maybe, 
Maybe it is because we're not in God's word to give us that firm foundation. And so maybe can we commit to saying, you know, I'll, I'll commit to reading the Bible four times a week. I'll commit to reading the Bible four times a week. So here's what I've done recently. Um, one is I like playing games on my phone. Anybody else like playing games on your phone? At least one person raise your hand. Thank you. I right, got about four of you who are honest. Everyone's like, no, I'm better than you, Brian. Just kidding. So uh, I play like this golf game, this fishing game, this gardenscape game. I don't know, all these other games. So I delete all the games on my phone but one. You know, come on, not going to go full, you know, go full crazy. And so what I've started doing is that in the mornings before I uh, wake up and look at the news or go on social media, like we all have the routine in the mornings, right? Think about your routine in the morning. Mine is, you know, you know, usually check the, the news to see what crazy stuff's going on. And then, then it's usually like, all right, what's going on social media? And then it's like, oh, I got to play some games. And that's my routine. And then, oh, I'm late to work. I got to go. And, oh, I got to get the kids to school on time. Otherwise, they're going to be tardy. I don't want to get in trouble for that. So that's my routine in the morning. And, uh, and so, 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 so I, I, I delete the games. And then in the mornings now, before I go on social media or check the news or whatever is going on, I, I, I started reading the Bible first. First thing I do is read the Bible. And um, it's, it's interesting to see to see what is going to happen and the change and all that. But what is it for you? Like if you want to make this type of commitment, what is it that takes more time than you want to omit away from Scripture? We all have stuff in our lives that distract us. Sometimes they're good things, sometimes they're bad things, or sometimes they're good things that turn into things that distract us and take us away from the Lord. So that's what I started doing. So we want to connect with God. The primary way we connect with God is through the Bible. The Bible is how God speaks to us. The Bible is God's primary way of, 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 of him saying, this is what I want. This is your will. In my, this, this is God's will for our lives. We want to know what God wants from us. Let's be in the word. We want to know what God has in store for us. Let's read the word. We want to know where peace is actually found, the peace that transcends all understanding. Let's be in God's word. We want to know what Jesus thinks about us or what God, you know, it's in God's word. So let's be in God's word. Let's connect with God through his word. Then the second part of the vision, we talk about connecting it's connecting with God, but it's connecting with others. And in John 15, there's this story that Jesus tells or this, uh, this analogy that he gives. And he says this, I am the vine in John 15. And you can just write this reference down. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, in other words, what Jesus is saying that if you want to connect with me, right? Like we are the vine, Jesus is the branch. We've got to be connected to God. We got to be connected to our source. And if we're going to grow and mature and bear fruit, we've got to be connected to the main source, to the main vine. That is Jesus. James puts it this way in James 1:22. You ever want to read a book that's just like so honest and like in your face, like what you need to do? James is a book to do that. But don't just listen to God's word. 
You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. You know, think about the branch, the metaphor of the branch that Jesus uses. The metaphor of the branch, you know, when it's not connected to the vine, it's not receiving the nutrients. It's not receiving uh, the water. It's not receiving everything it needs. And it just gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And when the winds come and the rains come and the storms come, that branch eventually is just going to wither away and, and fall off. But what Jesus is saying is, I am the source of life. I am the one who will give you life and life to the fullest. And so we are this branch here. Let's stay connected to the vine. We stay connected to the vine by being in God's word regularly. And it's not just Jesus saying that. And if it was, that's good enough. That's all we need to hear. The beauty about Scripture is that when there's research that go with what things that Jesus says or research about how beautiful creation is, science always backs up what the Bible says. That's the confidence we can have in Scripture. That's the beauty of God's Word. And so, and, and so let's stay connected to God. And, and what God wants us to do is to stay connected with Him because when we connect with God, then we can connect with others. And in fact, there's like 59 one another statements that, that are in Scripture that, that are for you and I to, to, to they're like commands, they're imperatives. And, uh, and, and like 59 of these statements, like one another, like for example, the Bible says love one another, be devoted to one another, honor one another above yourselves, live in harmony with one another, build one another up, serve one another, forgive one another, be patient with one another, be kind and compassionate with one another. So God created us to connect with him so we could connect with others. And what he says is that we're to love others, care for others, be patient with others. 1 John 3.11 says that, For this is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. 1 John 3.11, the message we heard from the beginning, the message of love is the message of God. And if we should love one another, and that's the message from the beginning, how much more should we, should, should we be loving others? And may I ask, how are we doing at loving others? Loving the people we like is easy. Loving the people who make us laugh is easy. Loving the boss who annoys us is difficult. Loving the neighbor who always, like, keeps us up at night is difficult. But as followers of Jesus, he calls us to love others. He calls us to connect with others. If you think about your friend group, the people you spend the most time with, who are they? Is it one person? Is it two people? Is it nobody? Is it a thousand people? It'd be really popular if you hang out with a thousand people. That'd be a lot of people. <laughs> but but who, who are your friend group? Who are the people you spend time with? Who are the people you hang out with? We have Ohana groups here. Many of you are in these Ohana groups. And, and the beauty about our Ohana groups is that it's a great way to connect with others. And so we want to give you an opportunity to connect with others. We want to give you an opportunity to connect with one another through Ohana groups. Whether, um, 
whether you're here and you're like, man, I want to join an existing Ohana group that I kind of fit with, or you're saying, hey, I want to connect and, and be in part of a new Ohana group. Wherever you are, we're going to have some amazing, wonderful, beautiful, wonderful talking people, talking people, people that want to talk to you, and they'd love to hear your story. And what they're going to do, if you're interested in joining Ohana group, is they want to get to know you a little bit to help kind of put you in the right um, group or to help you start a, 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 a new group. They're going to be out on the lanai, and they'd love to chat with you about, about all of that. Ohana groups are like, they're, they're small groups where you connect with people, you connect with God, and you do life together. That's what Ohana groups are. And they're so valuable, so important, and they help us connect. And that's what we want to do. We want to connect with God. We want to connect with others. So in your programs, you have this little form here. Take it out. It says, Kela O Yesu. And this is your action steps card. And the band could come on this note. So just like last week, I gave an action step. Next week, I'll probably give one. The week after that, I'll probably give one. But this is something I want you to write down, uh, bring out a pen or pencil or whatever it is. And what is your action step going to be? And I want you to write this down. Take a moment or so and just write this down. And after you write yours down, I'll tell you what, what I wrote down. But, but take this out. Think about what your action step is going to be to fulfill the vision God has given us, to connect with God and connect with others. What is your, your action step that you will specifically do? This isn't about the person next to you, in front of you, behind you. This, isn't, this is about you. What will you do to fulfill the vision, the part of the vision that has to do with connecting with God and connecting with others. Take a moment, write down one thing or two things or three things, some practical things that you could start doing right away. And then I'll share with you what, what I'm going to do. So what I wrote down was I'm going to read the Bible minimum of four times a week continue to read the Bible first thing in the morning before I check the news or go on social media. And I'm going to start by reading the book of 1 John. It's five chapters, so I'll probably read five times this week in the word 1 John. And if you want to read along with me, go ahead. Not the Gospel of John, but 1 John, a smaller book in the back of the New Testament. And with connecting with others, I wrote down that I, I will be more intentional about building bridges with those who don't know Jesus yet. And, and I'm going to be more intentional about caring and connecting with those I have relationships with. So let's you and I draw near to God, as it says in James. Uh, let's you and I draw near to God and, and let's see the exciting adventure that he puts all of us on. And let's see what God does in and through us. Amen.